finish up these beautiful Sunday morning conversations. So this morning, um, raise your hand if... Thanks, Joe. Uh, you just went for it. Just raise your hand. I like that. Just raise your hand. Um, I like that, Joe. I like that. Joe Smith, everybody. Um, all right, raise your hand if you have seen or have watched um, the Chip and Joanna Gaines Fixer Uppers show. Anybody? Who, like, all right, so I've seen it, like, once or twice. Who, like, is into it? Because there are people that are into it. Your wife? Okay. All right, so uh, who's into it? Raise your hand again. Let me see. All right. All right. Into it. Okay. Uh, isn't it ending soon? Isn't that what I heard? Okay. You're all sad about that? Nah. Don't care. Okay. It's had its run its course. Um, so uh, when I was thinking about that show, I was thinking, um, you know, they always restore these beautiful houses, or they're beautiful when they're done with them. Um, they're not so beautiful at the beginning. And uh, just wanted to cycle through. Brian, if you'll throw a couple of those on. I, I was looking, I was trying to find some great before and afters from, so this is a house that they restored. This is the before, um, and that's the after. So yeah, that's crazy, right? It doesn't even look like the same place, does it? Okay, let's see the next one. That was an interior that they did. Yeah, it's crazy. More interior. This is like the before and afters for like the diet pills. Like, it's just like stark difference. Okay, this one, this one was my favorite. Okay, so this old barn. Now check out the new, uh, the new and improved one. That's nice. That's, that's pretty nice. All right, what else we got? I think we got one or two more. That's crazy. Crazy. I love that house. All right, I think this is the last one. We got that one, which, I mean, doesn't look too bad. You can see some, some potential. Boom. It's nice. Is that the last one, Brian? Yeah, yeah cool. Um, so uh, I was just looking through these pictures because uh, what we're talking about this morning is the subject of restoration. Okay. Um, what's today? Today is New Year's Eve. So as we look toward a, a new year, um, I find for myself that's something that I always get really introspective and really you know, forward-looking when it comes to a new year. And um, a lot of this comes around the subject of restoration, and that when you hear people making New Year's resolutions, they're about changing things, doing something better, doing something different, uh, restoring something that was gone. Maybe it's uh, you know, gained some weight over the holidays, which, uh, yeah, that's just crazy time. Uh, for that. So um, what we're looking at today is a picture of restoration and how we gravitate toward that. I mean, we love those before and after pictures, right? There's something like just cathartic about watching that go from this ugly house to this beautiful house and seeing that happen. Um, So today we're going to look at a picture of restoration in Isaiah 65, 17 through 25. And we're going to see how the kingdom of God that's represented in Isaiah today what the picture of that is, it gives us a before and after picture. It gives us a restoration that's better than anything we could come up with on our own. So as we're going into this new year, we want to go into it with a picture of what restoration looks like in the gospel rather than the, the forms of restoration we can come up with on our own. So if you have your Bibles and you're able, won't you stand with me as we read Isaiah 65, 17 through 25. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem to be a joy, and her people to be a gladness. 
I will rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. No more shall be heard in it the sound of weeping and the cry of distress. No more shall there be in it an infant who lives but a few days or an old man who does not fill out his days. For the young man shall die a hundred years old and the sinner a hundred years old shall be accursed. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For like the days of a tree shall the days of my people be. And my chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain or bear children for calamity. For they shall be the offspring of the blessed of the Lord. And their descendants with them. Before they call I will answer. While they are yet speaking I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall graze together. And the lion shall eat straw like the ox. And dust shall be the serpent's food. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, says the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. You can be seated. Father, I just pray this morning that your spirit would speak and point us to Jesus through the word of the church's testimony of the blood of Jesus. Father, I pray that as we look at this new year that you would just shepherd our hearts in the, in the truth that anything we could hope to achieve, any peace we could hope to earn ourselves, any hope for the future, any security that you have already purchased for us, you have already obtained for us and given to us freely as a gift. Father, I just pray for the people in this room. Father, I pray that there would not be a spirit of fear about the new year, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Father, I pray that you would send us out into this new year with boldness and power in your gospel. Father, speak to us this morning. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. So real quick, um, as we get started, I just want to read a little paraphrase because there's some, there's some heavy terms in that, uh, in that passage. So I want to read a little bit of a paraphrase uh, of that passage and just kind of uh, give it in a new light. Um, starts out, pay attention. I am creating new heavens and a new earth. The old ones and everything dimmed by their sin and sorrow will not even be remembered anymore. Instead, rejoice in what I am about to create, starting now and into eternity. I'm going to create Jerusalem as a source of joy and its people as a source of happiness. Because I myself will take joy in Jerusalem and be happy in my people. In fact, the sound of weeping and the cries of anguish will never be heard in it again. Gone are the days of miscarriages, stillbirths, and babies just living a few days. A parent will never bury their child again. Gone are the days when an old man dies before his time. This is painting, I'm not going to read the whole text, but this is painting a picture of a utopian world, of a world where there is no more suffering, when there's no more death, there's no more destruction. And this word was written to the people of Israel in a time of exile, in a time when they needed a word of hope. So if you come this morning and you're in a time of exile yourself, if you're in a time when you're looking forward to the new year and there's either suffering in your past or there's fear for the future, this is a word for you as well. What we see here in this text is a picture of restoration. There's a picture of restoration not only for the people of God, but for the whole earth. 
So as we enter the new year, we all gravitate toward restoration and newness. Uh, I don't know about you, but I tend to look at, you know, what are some things that I could have done better in the last year? You know, um, I look at past year's New Year's resolutions and usually how I've kind of, you know, not done that. Uh, I don't know about y'all. Has anyone else felt that way? Has anyone just nailed your resolutions and is brave enough to just be like, yeah, I killed it this year? Sean's point, who are you pointing at? Savannah? Calhouns, okay. The Calhouns did nail their, their resolutions. I'm very, that's very awesome. We'll talk about that later. That's very good. Um, so I feel like um, today, though, I feel like what God's been speaking to me and just impressing on my heart this past week uh, for myself is that um, I just want to shift our gaze from our individual resolutions, our individual things where we interest, just be introspective about our own lives and look at the church as a whole, look at our families, look at our city. So there are three things in the passage today that can lead us to look at this new year in light of the gospel of restoration and send us into that year, not just trying to scratch out some progression, scratch out some resolution, but as ambassadors for that restoration in our families, in the city, and the world. So there's a few things in the text I want to look at. Um, One really cool thing is that our God is a God who creates. We see that in Genesis. We see that he creates a world that is beautiful. And what we're seeing in this text is we're seeing a mirror of what God created in Genesis. He is restoring what was lost. So the the actual verb in Hebrew that's used in this text is the same verb that's used repeatedly in the beginning of Genesis. The main verb that means the act of creating. So in that beautiful symbolism, God is saying, I'm restoring what was lost. I'm redeeming what was lost. I'm setting it right again. But it also gives hope to people in exile. Like I said, the people of Israel, for the original hearers of this text, it was a time of great turmoil and suffering, idolatry, exile. This hope was not realized. They had the promise of it. They had the first fruits of it, but it had not come to culmination yet. So what this text is saying, there'll be a time when labor will never again be in vain. You'll never work and work and work and see it not come to fruition. This is beautiful because it's reversing what it says in Leviticus about the toil of bearing fruit only for the enemies of God's people who do not obey the law. It talks about childbirth will yield generation upon generation of blessing. This is a a word that was needed for the original hearers who were enduring exile at this time. And what's really cool is that um, imagine hearing this text as the embattled, the exiled people of Jerusalem. And God says that he will make Jerusalem a place of joy. This is a place that, for the original hearers of the text, is desolate, is um, besieged. But he says he will make it a place of joy. That's a, a, just a beautiful word for us. So if you're, if you're here this morning and um, your life, your soul is a place of turmoil, if there is suffering, if there is fear... And God's promise for the believer is that he is turning that into a place of joy, a place of rejoicing. Thirdly, in the text, it says it looks forward not only to this restoration for the original hearers, but the restoration of the gospel in Jesus and the final restoration of the earth. 2 Corinthians 5.17 talks about when, we, when God draws us to himself In the gospel, we become new creations. And in addition 
to the harmony that God creates with his people. It talks about how the whole earth is going to join in that harmony one day. The things that used to be used to make weapons will now be used to farm. Uh, Animals who once hunted each other will lay down in peace and coexist. It's just a beautiful picture of utopia. So when we look at this picture of restoration, we see all these beautiful attributes. We see what God is, is planning, what God is bringing to fruition. There's a few things that I want us to take away this morning, okay? A few things I feel like that um, God is, is speaking to us. And one is that he has brought peace over our pasts. So this morning, if you're here and your past weighs you down, if you're looking back on 2017 and uh, you're filled with more regret than a view of God's faithfulness, um, we can rest in the truth that we have peace over our past because of Jesus, not because of how good of a year we had, okay? It's not because we did this or that in 2017, but it's because of the faithfulness of Christ and his gospel that we can have peace over our pasts. Um, and this is a hard thing for me. This is something that God's been speaking to me about in the last few weeks and months is um, just having peace over uh, the past year, having peace over that. It says in the text that, Behold, I'm creating a new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come to mind. We have hope that, um, that God has separated us from our sins as far as the east is from the west. Whether it's you know, this past year, five years ago, or five minutes ago. We have peace over our past, not because of ourselves, not because of how much good we can do to distance ourselves, but because God has purchased us wholly. Once again, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. All of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That word reconcile is a beautiful, beautiful word, y'all. We talked about it, uh, Chad mentioned in a sermon maybe last week or the or week before, about how God and sinners reconciled in that Christmas song. It means we've been reconciled. There's no more enmity between us. There's no more tension. I don't know about you, but living in, t- in the tension between God and man, between feeling like God is going to punish you, feeling like God has, has got something around the corner for you, um, that's a, that's a horrible way to feel, a horrible way to live. But what this, what this text says is that, even in 2 Corinthians 5, is that we have been reconciled to Christ. This picture of utopia, this picture of restoration, it is ours not because we've measured up, but because Christ has bought it for us. Amen? That is why we can inherit this text. Um, so I just want to share just a, um, a story for you um, uh, really personal of something that God has, has uh, done for, uh, for me and uh, my wife. And um, it was about a year ago, uh, today almost. Um, for those of you who enter the, the holiday season, and maybe it's not a, a very joyful time, uh, I just want to say that I understand that. Um, last year, um, we were entering the holiday season, and I was just hit with a... Um, just an overwhelming onslaught of anxiety and fear, not only physically, but emotionally and mentally. Um, and this was something that was, that was very hard for me. It was a hard season. And we had, um, just a few months earlier, um, miscarried um, our daughter, who we named Annie. 
And um, it was a very um, difficult season. And I remember uh, thinking in that time, um, I mean, God, what's going on? What, what is happening here? Uh, this view of restoration was so far from my mind and from my soul. Um, I was not looking at this and saying, um, God, you're, you're going to get me through this. You're faithful. It was, a, it was a time of struggle. It was a time of great fear and anxiety. And I remember praying to God um, one night. Um, it was at my in-laws uh, for the Christmas season. And I remember praying, God, like, I just, I just need to feel your faithfulness. I need to feel that you're here and just crying out to him with words that, I mean, just crying out to a father. And um, it's just in that moment that even though I didn't know it at the time, God answered that prayer that very day. He answered that prayer. And um, it's just a beautiful picture, y'all. Like, um, to go from, from that point and to reflect on that, because my wife and I reflected on that uh, this past week, a year ago, um, and to see faithfulness, um, to take the brokenness and the pain of, of miscarrying a child, and then for uh, God to give us um, our son Samuel, who's bouncing right there on my wife's lap. Um, it's just a beautiful picture uh, for me, all that he, he loves us. He cares about us. He is not storing up wrath for us, but he wants to lavish, lavish good things on us. And that, you know, um, that was a, just an answer to a, to a wound and to a prayer that I had been praying and feeling for so long. This idea that God is waiting, that yes, his grace covers me, but but he's, I've got to measure up. I've got to do enough to make sure I don't have punishment. I've got to do enough to make sure he's not waiting around the corner to give me bad things, to try to get me to measure up, you know, trying to poke and prod me. Um, this was a beautiful picture that God is faithful and that he has compassion for his children. Um, that was a moment for me where um, there was a breakthrough of the spirit in my life where I realized what a good God we serve. When we're singing, you are good, you are good. That's something where God met me in that. And then I realized he has given me peace over my past. He has given me peace, not because I'm good enough, but because he has bought that peace for me and for us. So looking through, um, looking towards the future, not only has God given us peace over our past, but he has given us hope for the future because of Jesus. Peace for our past because of Jesus. But also he has given us hope for the future because of Jesus. The text says, But be glad and rejoice forever in what I create. For behold, I will create Jerusalem to be a joy and her people to be a gladness. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. No more shall be heard in, the sound, heard in it the sound of weeping and the cries of distress. So this is a promise that, you know, it's easy to look at it and say, this is what the new heaven and the new earth will be. But we have the first fruits of that promise right here. And it's not something that's just a long way off. It's something that's already here, but yet not yet had culmination. So when we look into the new year, it's easy for us to look at fear, but there's a few things I want to leave you with. Is that One, I've already mentioned this. God does not have punishment stored up for you in the new year. 
If you're a believer, all condemnation is gone. There is, instead of fear, there is love because fear has to do with punishment. Number two, what happens in this new year, good or bad, God is using and weaving to make your story into his story and to make his name great. This picture of restoration, this picture of all things coming together, this picture of the darkness becoming the light, of growth, of restoration, it's not something you have to search out and find. It's something that's given to you as a birthright, given to you because we are co-heirs with Christ. It's such a beautiful picture to go into the new year. Look back on the new year through the lens of faithfulness rather than our mistakes. The cool thing is, is that um, this doesn't mean, you know, we just sit around in the new year with no effort. We just sit around not doing New Year's resolutions. We just sit around not engaging in culture. But the cool thing is, y'all, this is where it gets really cool. The cool thing is, is that the things that we so often do to earn God's love, the things that we so often do to earn peace, to earn hope, to put our trust in, whether it's our career, whether it's in our looks, our, uh, our weight on the scale, whether it's um, our family, all of those things that we can put our trust in that don't satisfy on their own, when we realize that this gift of restoration in the gospel is ours, those things can have meaning again because they're not, they're not, we're not depending on them for our lives. We're not depending on them to get us through. But we can do those things as a joy. We can minister to people as a joy. It's such a beautiful, beautiful picture. So in this new year, we're going to seek the restoration of the world because restoration has been gifted to us as children of God. And this is the thing, is that the peace, I mean, I've felt this so much this past year. The the peace that I desire and we desire, I mean, you can fill in the blank. The peace that you desire from losing weight, from getting that promotion, from... You know, this happening, having this much in your savings account. That peace is only found in Jesus. And the great news is that it's not found in Jesus by doing a whole bunch of things for him so you'll have that peace. It's given to us freely. It's given to us. We get to go into this new year then with peace and hope. Striving not to earn peace and hope, but because we've been given peace and hope, we get to strive out of love to minister to others and to be a, be a part of God's restoration of the world. That's the point, is that as we go into this new year, as we strive, as we live, as we work, we go into it this way. As Tim Keller says about work, he says, it's rearranging the raw material of God's creation in such a way that it helps the world in general and people in particular to thrive and to flourish. But it's hard to do that when you're working for peace and hope in your own life. If you're working for peace and hope in your own life, you're really not concerned with God's restoration. You're not concerned with um, bringing people to flourish and to thrive. What we're concerned with when we do that is we're concerned with our own peace and our own joy and our own hope. And the, the, the thing is, we can't find that there. But the beautiful thing is, is that God has done it for us, that he has made us a new creation. He has reconciled us with himself. He has given those things to us so that we can go out and work with joy and peace. The thing I want to park on at the end is uh, that we are ambassadors of that restoration. So the, the restoration that we hear about in Isaiah, 
the restoration that God was giving as a picture of his faithfulness to the people of Israel in exile. That picture that he gave as a, as a prophecy and a picture of what it would be like, what the gospel was going to do through Jesus. And a picture of what it's going to be like in the new heaven and the new earth. We are ambassadors of that restoration. He has given us power to see that restoration come about. Not because of us, but because of the Holy Spirit working through us. We have tasted the first fruits of this promise. And we're confident that this promise will be culminated in the full restoration of the earth. So I challenge, I challenge you, and God's been challenging me in this, is that as we enter the new year, as we enter the new year, pursue restoration, not only for yourselves, not only individually, but for your families, for this church, for this community, and for the world. Ask yourself, get with your families. This is hard. This is hard thing, honestly. Like my wife and I have been doing this the past week, and it's it's difficult for me to do. Um, it's just my flesh, but that sitting down and saying, you know, what what does God want our family to be this year? What is our legacy going to be this year? What is God calling us into? Because we have hope and peace, not to earn hope and peace, what is God calling us into? Where is he leading us to share that hope and peace with others? He's called us to be ambassadors. I want to read the full text of 2 Corinthians 5.17 because it doesn't stop with God reconciling us. He says, All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ not counting people's sins against them and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. He's committed that to us. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf be reconciled to God. We are Christ's ambassadors. When you meet people on the street, you are Christ's ambassadors. This is not something where God is sitting as a boss, an employee, saying, you better talk to that person about the gospel so I can tick off another mark in, your, uh, in my, you know, this person did good spiritual handbook. You know, he's not a boss. He's not sitting there, I'll give you a promotion if you share the gospel this many times or you minister to the poor this many times. He is a father who has given us this inheritance this beautiful inheritance that we have going into the year. You are starting the year with an inheritance that is changing the world. And it's not something that you can earn or something that you can lose as a believer. We are his ambassadors. So as we go out today, we're just going to have a time, a time of reflection, a time of response, a time of communion to take time together individually as families to pray and to ask God, what are the things you are calling us into? If there are wounds and there are weaknesses and there are fears in your heart, this is a time to claim the blood of Christ, the power of the gospel over those things that they don't hold sway anymore. They don't have to carry into the new year, but that God has left those things in the past and he is moving forward. We have a time to commission our families, commission ourselves to go into the new year, to go into this new season with hope and peace rather than fear. So as we take communion, we're going to have set aside a good deal of time. Uh, as we take communion, I just challenge you, um, 
take some time to pray amongst yourselves, to pray in your families, to ask God, um, where are some ways that I'm not resting in the peace and hope that you've given me? And, and just know that he loves you and he is good and he wants to lavish his faithfulness over you. But then also to pray for the new year and to ask, where are some ways that God is desiring us to step out? Not to step out, once again, to earn anything, but to step out in love, to lavish things on people. You see, you can't, the kind of things that we hope to do. Out in that hallway, there's a dream board that people have written dreams on. Um, there's some great stuff out there. I encourage you to go out there and read it. Some of the best stuff that people have written have been, has been written by kids, honestly. Uh, there's uh, what I assume are kids because of the writing. So maybe, maybe some adults. I don't know. My handwriting's not good either, so I don't want to talk. But there's some, there's some things on there that have been written that uh, just, I'm just like, this is a gospel-birthed dream in someone's heart. Those kind of things don't happen when we're trying to earn good things from God to, by doing them. They happen when people full of faith, full of peace and hope in the Holy Spirit who have been redeemed and forgiven, when they realize and go out in the power of the gospel to share that with other peoples, to be ambassadors of that reconciliation. We talk a lot about our city and reconciling our city, reconciling our city um, socioeconomically, racially, seeing diversity come into our city and in our church. Those kind of things don't happen when we're trying to do that just to get a notch on our belt. They happen when we realize that God has gifted us with peace and hope in the gospel. So this morning, if you're here and you're wounded and you're worried and you're not at peace with the future, um, God says rest. He says rest. Rest in him. Breathe in him. Know that he loves you and cares for you and has bought reconciliation for you. So we're going to take some time to minister to one another. If, if you need prayer, if you need, um, well, some of our, uh, Trenton and myself will be down here just to, to pray with people. Um, I just encourage you to take some time just to pray amongst yourselves and to pray and ask God, what is he calling you and your family to in this new year? And to know that he's calling you to that, not to earn something, but out of something out of peace, out of joy, out of hope. So we're going to take a time of communion and then we're going to have this time of response. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you that this picture of restoration is something that we receive as an inheritance from you. Father, I thank you that the burdens that are represented in this room, the fears over the new year, that um, your faithfulness is bigger than all of it. I thank you that you are bringing all of our stories into your story and that you are bringing that story to a beautiful, beautiful restoration, a new heaven and a new earth where there is no more crying, there is no more distress. I thank you that we have the first fruits of that promise, that we can go out and be ambassadors of that promise of reconciliation to our city. Father, won't you do work right now in our midst? Father, won't your spirit fan into flame what you are doing in your church? Father, I pray for bold dreams in the families and the people in this room. I pray for a spirit of love, a spirit of power, not a spirit of fear for this new year. Father, you are good. We worship you. We thank you 
for what you're doing in our midst. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen.